We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Cookin' Joe. We're live at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. A Legacy Forged in Black and Gold is the name of the exhibit. Steeler fans have been rolling through this morning. It's going to be up for a few more weeks, and it's just, it really is spectacular. And one of the men who helped forge that legacy, Mr. Chad Brown, had a great career with the Steelers. He's a 15-year NFL veteran, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2023 nominee was also part of the Colorado Buffaloes first and only NCAA championship team in 1990. What a career! Now a Broncos analyst, works for uh, ESPN Radio and others. Chad, welcome aboard here, man. We got a big Sunday going on, and I want to start with a doozy. Who are you betting on, Lamar or Patrick Mahomes? Oh, wow, you just going to... Start this the, the segment off with such a difficult one. Okay, well, thanks for having <laughs> me on, guys. Thanks for the hot nice, one early. Uh, yeah, start to the segment here. This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. Um, obviously, Lamar Jackson um, and the Ravens were the best team, particularly late this season in the NFL. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs quite uneven throughout the year. Start the season off with that loss to Detroit and never really got to where we would expect them to be coming off a Super Bowl victory. Um, yet, and still in the playoffs, they were kind of able to flip the switch a bit. Um, they took on the Miami team, who, let's face it, of all 32 teams in the NFL, may have been the team least prepared to play in those weather conditions in Kansas City, um, able to get the win there. And then last week, able to get that win um, against a very tough, tough uh uh, uh, bu- Buffalo team in Buffalo. First time Patrick Mahomes had to take his show on the road. So there's a lot to say about for Kansas City and what they've able, been able to pull off this year in, in the playoffs. Uh, but I think this is a Ravens team that defensively has got uh, a lot of talent. Those two linebackers in the middle, Smith and Queen, are definitely really good players. Um, and their offense with Lamar Jackson. It seems to be moving in the right direction. Lamar's got weapons. Lamar can make plays with his feet. So I guess to answer your question, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes, although, you know, it's I could see this game coming down either way. Chad, how about the other one? What a great story uh, Dan Campbell and Detroit are trying to win a championship for the first time since 57 uh, against the 49ers. Uh, I guess Debo Samuel is a big question mark. Uh, who do you like in that one? Well, Debo still listed questionable as of uh, right now. 
Um, and we have seen a number of times over the last couple of years when Debo's now part of that offensive lineup, that 49ers offense can struggle. Uh, and we saw that in their last game. Things definitely slowed down for them once Debo left the, the, the ball game. Um, Brock Purdy is a very talented quarterback. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, I know some folks are pushing back on that. But he's good against the, the blitz. He's good in shotgun. He's good under center. Um, and he's able to distribute that ball in, in, a, in a way that – gets the ball to those talented skill position players for San Francisco um, where they're able to get some yards after catch. And they've also got that run game where it's not the most consistent of run games with Kitchen McCaffrey. It's not always five yards per carry, but it can be one. It could be two. It could be a, a, a zero game. And then he pops one for 40 plus and goes all the way to the house. So Detroit's got a lot to worry about defensively. And Detroit's secondary is not necessarily great at defending the pass. So there are some ways where I can see this game tilting towards San Francisco but uh, this has been a season all year where Detroit has yet to flinch. They've always been prepared. Dan Campbell and his very uh, tough-minded approach, which started off with his introductory press conference a couple of years ago. We talked talk about biting off kneecaps. He has built a culture in Detroit of <laughs> tough-mindedness, of physicality, of, of, uh, of mental toughness, and they, they play with that mindset. And so I think in every game that they're in, it's almost impossible to count them out, and they've got their own set of talent as well. Former star Steelers linebacker Chad Brown is on the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. Chad, I, we were talking earlier about how big it is to play in a conference championship, even compared to the Super Bowl, I wonder, because, you know, you work your whole life to get there, to get there. And if you lose a conference championship, it just has to be, I don't know, maybe as crushing as losing the Super Bowl. And then to win one is such a big deal. And you were in uh, one of the notable ones here. And that was the 95 season where it looked for all the world like the Colts had com- Jim Harbaugh had completed a Hail Mary against you guys at the end of the game. So I'm curious. I- how did you view that game compared to the Super Bowl? And also, what was going through your mind when that pass was in the air? Well, let's not forget about the championship game loss to the San Diego Chargers. Um, so that, I, I tried I, to. I've been on both sides. <laughs> I think a lot of Steelers fans have tried to. Uh, I've, I've uh, you know, been on both sides of this championship game thing, where you win one and, and, and you lose one. Um, both are, are, are definitely crushing. Um, I would say the Super Bowl loss uh, was definitely the most crushing of any loss that I've ever had. It took me almost 10 years to move past that loss. Every year, the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, NFL Network starts playing the old Super Bowls. And they have a little 30-minute show about each of the old Super Bowls. And at some point, I'm watching NFL Network and I'm flipping through and I see that Super Bowl come on. And I sit down, and I still expect us to win. I still, <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. my mind, we are going to find a way to win this ball game. And then, of course, the interceptions happen. You know, the Cowboys win. And I immediately flash back in my mind to two things, to standing on the edge of that field in Arizona before I had to make that long walk into the locker room at Sun Devil Stadium and watching the Cowboys celebrate the confetti cannons the podium coming up for the presentation of the trophy and, you know, making a vow. I'm going to be back here. 
I'm going to be back and I'm going to win this thing. And then walking into the locker room, and I was number 94, and obviously Kevin Green was number 91, so our lockers were not too far away from each other. And walking in the locker room and seeing Kevin Green, a man of, who I tremendously respected, a man of great emotional and physical and mental toughness, on the ground crying like a baby. Um, and so those are you know my memories of that. So it took me almost 10 years for me to, I suppose, accept that loss and then uh, be able to say, yeah, I was happy that I played in a Super Bowl as opposed to what my, my thought was previously was I would have rather not have gone than to go and to lose. That's how painful that loss was. Mm. Um, so to, to flash back to the championship game we're talking about against the Colts and Harbaugh, uh, when that ball was up in the air, I mean, obviously, I think the entire state of Pennsylvania and Steeler fans all across the world were you know, holding their collective breath at that moment. Um, and for that pass to be broken up and a sudden sigh of relief and to realize, you know, this goal that you talked about to play in the Super Bowl, this goal that I've wished for and longed, and longed for and, you know, watched great Steeler teams in the past be a part of this experience. Now my Steeler team gets a part, be a part of the Super Bowl experience uh, was just a, a tremendously awesome feeling and such a, a great affirming football moment for me. Chad, I had to laugh when you mentioned the the loss to San Diego. Did you dance in that Super Bowl video before that game? Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to go deep here. Um, I was a young <laughs> player at that point huh? in, in my career. I was a young player at that point in my career. But even I knew when I walked into that meeting that this was not right. This was not what we were supposed to be doing, to be meeting with a choreographer and I was like, whoa. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't leave the meeting in protest. Um, I, stopped, I sat there and listened. Um, but I had won 32 games a row in high school and back-to-back championships in Southern California. You mentioned earlier, I won a national championship at the University of Colorado. And it, although those, those weren't NFL championships, I certainly knew that at no point on the championship journey do you take your eyes off the prize and start celebrating early and start thinking things are just simply going to go your way because you've had a great season up until that point. So that meeting, yeah, I, I walked in. As soon as I heard what was happening, I think I turned to somebody next to me and was like, hey, man, this ain't right. We're not supposed to do this. So, uh, you know, uh, Eric Green, I, I, I think he had a, a fun idea, but the idea needed to be kicked down the road, kick that camera down the road until we win the championship game, and then we can organize it after that. But to meet the Wednesday or Thursday before the championship game and have that kind of discussion, uh, that was a, a, a jinx beyond jinxes and something that you never, ever, ever do. Chad Brown on the fan hotline. What do you make of Brock Purdy at the moment? Uh, Brock Purdy, also one of the games at Iowa State. And um, he was a good college quarterback, not great. Um, not necessarily a eye-popping physical skill set. He did have a great processing ability and the ability to get the ball into his playmaker's hands. The move into San Francisco and being that Kyle Shanahan offense where the quarterback is literally supposed to be the point guard and be the distributor. Uh, and I think Brock Purdy is very good at that. But once things start to get more difficult, uh, there's a great pass rush in front of him. Uh, maybe he's missing Debo Samuels and doesn't have – the comfort of that and the way that Debo Samuels affect defenses. And you start to take away some of those weapons or limit some of those weapons for Brock Purdy. 
then I think he begins to slide into a bit of a more ordinary category. So if Debo's available, uh, obviously that's going to help Brock Purdy. If the San Francisco offensive line is able to give him some time, that's obviously going to help Brock Purdy. But if things start to get difficult, as they do in the playoffs, because you're playing another really good team, um, then I, I think Brock Purdy, of the four quarterbacks in the playoffs, uh, in my mind, would be the fourth-ranked quarterback. Chad, there's a lot of speculation that Miles Garrett is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. We don't understand that here because we watch T.J. Watt all the time. Can you explain why, and I don't know who you think should win it, we're having trouble figuring out why Garrett could beat out T.J. I know T.J. led the league in sacks with 19 and made a a number of game-changing plays for the Steelers this year. But I, I think something I've noticed over the last couple of years, there seems to be this momentum thing that builds early in the season for some guys. And it seems like it's almost impossible to overcome if you're not that guy. For whatever reason, you have been appointed that guy from a preseason perspective. And that narrative continues all season long. Um, I live in Denver uh, most of the time. And Nikola Jokic is literally the best basketball player on the planet. He was a back-to-back MVP. But Joel Embiid, you know, started crying and making some media noise. And suddenly the narrative shifted from Jokic to Joel Embiid. And the, the NBA media decided that Joel Embiid was deserving. It was his turn to win it. I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of this turn thing. Are you the defensive player of the year or are you not? We're not in third grade. We're not taking turns. This ain't hopscotch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're, we're, we're competing to be the best of the best. And given that demanding criteria and standard, uh, Miles Garrett, I think, deserves to be in the conversation. But I think even outside of Steeler country, folks would recognize that Chief Watt was able to put together a more impactful game-changing, game-changing season. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Ron and I are at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Legacy Forged in Black and Gold is the name of the exhibit, and it's just phenomenal. Everything from the, the shoes that Joe Green wore in his final game to the six original Lombardis to the 27 bronze busts we're looking at right now because they were removed from the main room where all the other ones are out into this exhibit. And, Chad, 
You mentioned Kevin Green. Uh, we're looking at his bust right now, the late, great Kevin Green. And, and a lot of these guys you played with and I'm sure know very well. Another one is is uh, the man who was running things when you were here. What springs to mind when I say the name Dan Rooney? Uh, excellence and class. Um, and I, I don't think you can – describe Dan Rooney in any kind of fashion without mentioning those two words. Um, I had the the, the privilege of, you know, being in Canton for the hall of fame ceremony when Troy Palomalo went in, when Bill Cower went in and you you certainly have conversations with those guys. And you talk about the guys who are going in and you talk about the guys who deserve to be in like a Heinz ward and those kind of conversations. But it's somewhere in almost every single conversation you have, whether you were talking with, Franco rest in peace or, or somebody like Troy, it, it, somehow Mr. Rooney's name comes up into it and the impact that he had upon all of us and, and what he has meant to that city and that organization. I mean, you should think about the Steelers culture. We are still very early in the NFL hiring cycle where almost 25% of the league was fired. And now they're trying to replace those coaches. Um, and for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have three coaches since 1969, uh, the patience, the perspective, the desire to put good people in place and then support those good people and make sure that they are successful, um, I, I think speaks volumes about the, the legacy of Mr. Rooney and the impact that he has had upon, you know, not just one of the most successful football organizations, but one of the most successful organizations in all of professional sports, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, I'm very lucky to consider myself a, a part of that family there. Every time I come back to Pittsburgh, it's always an amazing thing. And then to go to Canton and walk through the halls and see the the impact that the Steelers have had um, across the league and as reflected in the Hall of Fame when you go there, and I'd love to see this new exhibit that they've got going right now. Um, I, I think all that can be kind of traced back and focused back on the Rooney family and the amazing organization and culture that, that they built. Chad, I know you got a busy schedule. Real quickly, you played for Bill Cower. You know, what are your thoughts there? And you also played for Bill Belichick, who looks like he might not get a job in this cycle. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I think Bill Cower certainly deserves to, to, to be in the Hall of Fame as far as, you know, any future coaching uh, possibilities. I think he's enjoying his time on the media uh, and does a really good job on that with the, on the CBS uh, pregame show. Uh, as far as Bill Belichick, uh, it's an odd one for me, considering uh, two of the hires that have happened. Uh, it, it's You've got a coach, well, a couple of coaches. You've got Bill Belichick, you've got Pete Carroll, who've got Super Bowl wins on their resumes, who I still think have their fastballs. And you've got a player in Mike Vrabel, who's a Super Bowl winning player, and one of the smarter coaches across the league, who all are still sitting on the sidelines. So it's a fascinating thing that these owners are still choosing to go with the hot coordinator route. Just because you're a great coordinator does not make you a great coach. So there's a risk in that proposition alone versus the clear understanding of knowing what you're going to get with Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick. Yeah, are they probably going to want more control? Well, they probably are because they've earned it, because they've been doing this a long time, because they have hoisted Lombardi trophies and national championship trophies. Their program is proven. So with that, you've got, as an owner, give up a few more concessions. I guess these owners are unwilling to do that. They want to go with the hot coordinator route. We'll see how it all pays off. 
But uh, I am surprised that Bill Belichick is still on the sideline waiting to get an opportunity. Chad, we appreciate the time, man. That was great. Thank you. Just tremendous, Chad. Good luck to you, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Enjoy yourself in Canada. Absolutely. Thank you. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates. Personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. How about that? He paints the scene of walking in the locker room after losing to the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Kevin Green on the ground crying in the locker room. Uh, you know, they. you think you're going to get back. Dan Marino thought he was going to get back after his second year in the league. Yeah. Never did. You know, you know, it's so hard. I always say, Ben always said, it's hard to win a game in this league, let alone get to the Super Bowl. Legacies on the line. That that Those are the types of games that, that this weekend is about. You know, Lamar Jackson's great. He just is. Pressure's He's going to be a two-time on, MVP. But is he going to, is he going to solidify? Is he going to add that? to his legacy this weekend that he got to a Super Bowl and then we'll have a chance to win it, you know? In some cases, it doesn't necessarily minimize a legacy. Look at Dan Marino, but it can certainly enhance one, Ron. It sure can. Right? It sure can. I mean, and how about if Mahomes wins again? Now, he has to win two more games, but if he wins a third Super Bowl and probably be third Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They might as well put him in Canton tomorrow. <laughs> no, they, they, if His he bus were, should already be in there. If he would retire, he would be. Coming up next, um, Ron, are you ready to play a little game here? We're in Canton today. Come on, we have to talk about all-time greats. It's going to be a game of twos, Ron. I want the top two players at every position in football, in your humble opinion, Coming up next, from quarterback to running back to offensive line to tight end to wide receiver to defensive line to I, linebacker I got all, to secondary. I got, all, I got all the positions. And your top two coaches. I got all the – I can do that. And I your can, punters and kickers. I can How do How do you like that? I can do all I that. mean, right behind us is is the shrine itself. It's it, it feels like you're in a religious place. It does. It's a darkened room with all the bronze busts. And I keep thinking – Look! Look to your right, Ron. We just see the first edge. I do. I'm been um, looking at it. And 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 before you go in, is the picture of John Madden, and he's the one that had that line that when the lights go out at night, all these busts. You can picture them talking to each other. <laughs> I get goosebumps just talking about it. It, it is. Chilling. I really it do. It is chilling. It is chilling. You walk in the room up there to the left. Belichick's hoodie from one of those years is in there. I mean, it's in. It's incredible. It's incredulous. Then you go into this room to the left. You have a, a hologram of Joe Namath giving you a pep talk and introducing some of the famous players and their stories, inspirational stories from NFL history. It feels, and it's in. It's in what they call the locker room here. So there's actual lockers of people from all of history. From from well, they recreated Red Grange's locker to Alan Fanica's actual locker from LSU. Fanica and Lynn Swan are going to be here later today. This exhibit, uh, A Legacy Forged in Black and Gold, is going to be here for multiple more weeks. Steeler fans uh, increasing here today as the day goes on. This is amazing, Ron. This is the most amazing setting in which I've ever done a radio show. You're among history here, man. What we do, this is the pinnacle of it. I'm going to test Ron. Every single person we talk about is going to uh, has one of those busts back there. The top two at every position in NFL history. And I might just ask you for your top two or one 
at every position in Steeler history. You like that, Ron? I, I can do that. Are you too. ready for that challenge? I'm ready for. Are that you going to study? Are I'm you going to do your homework? There's a few. Positions. Are you going to write it there's down a, on a piece of paper? There's a few positions I'm a little unsure of, but I'll try to force my way through it. All right. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say, "There's never a fee unless we get money for you." Joe, I want to talk about Mr. Reuter Plumbing, Pittsburgh's best plumbing company. You know, we're in the Hall of Fame. Well, I'd nominate Bob Beal, uh, the owner of Mr. Reuter Plumbing, uh, for the Plumbing Hall of Fame because he's built a plumbing company empire. Going on 21 years in our market, getting bigger, stronger, better every single day. 50 trucks out on the road every single day. You can't help but see one. Bob learned the business from his dad back in the – 1960s who said son treat people the right way charge a reasonable fee do a good job and you'll have a long successful career and that's what mr reuter plumbing uh bob beal has done with mr reuter plumbing write the number down 412 reuter 2 412 reuter 2 check out the website it's a really good one mr reuter pittsburgh.com as i said almost 21 years in our market you know how good you have to be in anything the last 21 years in any market Mr. Reuter Plumbing is. That's why I say without hesitation, Pittsburgh's number one full-service plumbing company, Mr. Reuter Plumbing. Welcome back to Cook and Joe. We have a very special visitor. We're in Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we've just been blown away by the Steeler exhibit, a legacy forged in black and gold, and really by the whole place here. I had never been here. Ron's been here before. I had never been in the room to our right with all the bronze busts in it. It's, it, it takes your breath away. It literally really. does. And here with us right now is John Kendall, the vice president of archives and exhibits here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, John, the Steelers exhibit Wow. Everything from Joe Green's shoes from his final game, Jack Lambert's shoes, um, the six original Lombardis, the 27 busts. This is phenomenal. What was the inspiration for this? Yeah, well, well, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, really the inspiration was I, I, I don't think that, you know, when we're very self-critical here, and as, as you walk through the museum, I appreciate all the, the kind words about the uh, exhibits and, and the history that we tell. Um, but, but as we, we looked at ourselves um, with a critical eye, I, I don't think we did a, a good job of highlighting specific team histories. And so, you know, we kind of made it our mission. Um, you know, I've been in this role about a year now and made it our mission to really start telling the team histories uh, in, a, in a much uh, deeper way. And so, you know, what better franchise to, to kick this off with than the Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, what a rich history, always been great partners to us. Uh, the proximity, you know, a two-hour drive up here from, from Pittsburgh to Canton, um, you know, it, it, it was kind of a no-brainer to, to kind of kick things off with Steelers and then follow that up with the Cleveland Browns here um, a, after uh, the Steelers come off exhibit. So uh, great, uh, great franchise. We were able to connect with the Steelers organization. Uh, they helped us out, obviously, with the Lombardi trophies. Linnell Nunn, uh, Bill Nunn's wife, uh, helped us out with the uh, Bill Nunn's six Super Bowl 
rings. And so, you know, for us, the first time that the bronze busts, the uh, Lombardi, six Lombardi trophies, and the six championship rings in one place under one roof at one time. So, mm. how do you get all this stuff? How do you get these artifacts? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we are constantly looking, um, you know, particularly from the newer artifacts, um, at, at the history that is going to be made that upcoming season. And then we're, we're constantly in communication with the league and all 32 clubs. We have connections with, with all 32 clubs. So as a record is broken, you know, we're reaching out to our contacts and uh, they're putting us in touch either with the player or sometimes the, the team handles that. And, you know, the nice thing about uh, uh, NFL uniform is there's a lot of pieces and parts. So if a player wants to keep uh, the uniform, maybe it's the football or, you know, if it's a receiving record, then we, maybe we get the gloves. Um, and so uh, just a lot of great partnership. And so we're, we're constantly um, monitoring those things. And then, you know, from the, the historical perspective, um, Every day I have people reaching out to me, uh, whether it be giving me a phone call or sending me an email of artifacts that they've collected, uh, former players, coaches, their families uh, have large collections. They're contacting us and, and asking you know, what they can do or what they should do with it. And so we're, we're, we're always um, welcoming those calls. And you know, if it's not something that they want to donate to us, we'll help them figure out how to preserve it uh, within their own facility. Um, but, but it's always nice when, when they wanted to come here because we, you know, uh, we care for these things like a Smithsonian would. We're a, an right. accredited museum. Less than 1% of museums in this country are accredited through the Alliance, uh, American Alliance of Museums. Um, and, uh, you know, we have that accreditation. So we are really handling these artifacts like they're, they're priceless pieces of art and we're caring for them that way so that future generations of fans, friends and, and family of, of, of those individuals who set those records or or uh, created that legacy uh, can come here and see those uh, here in Canton. Uh, now, like, Chiefs just won the Super Bowl last year. Is there something for Mahomes in here already? I mean, one day he's going to have one of those busts. I know that, but. Absolutely. So in our Super Bowl gallery, we actually have uh, what's really cool, and I've, I've kind of challenged our team here is, you know, as you walk through the museum, you'll see a lot of uniforms, you'll see a lot of footballs and, and helmets, and uh, sometimes it can get a little a, a little exhausting to see so many, you know, uniforms, uh, gallery after gallery. And so we've, we've really tried to figure out, you know, what are some unique items that we can we can capture from some of the some of the history. Um, you know, we do have a uniform from Patrick Mahomes, but uh, from this past Super Bowl uh, after they won, you know, he donated his warm-up hoodie, and so it's got the sleeves mm. cut off. And what's really unique about that hoodie is that it was honoring Len Dawson, one of our Hall of Famers. Uh, Len had passed away last year, and so his hoodie actually had uh, a picture of Len Dawson on the back of it and Len Dawson's uh, autograph or signature with the HOF on it. And, and that was really cool. So that's on display in our Super Bowl gallery right now, along with Andy Reid's uh, um outfit that he wore during the Super Bowl. So. And I love the Belichick hoodie in there as well. It's John Kendall, VP of Archives and Exhibits here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Legacy Forged in Black and Gold. That's the Steelers exhibit and Steeler fans rolling in. Along those <clears throat> same lines, John, Jack Lambert is sort of famously reclusive. 
How did you come up with his shoes? That's question one. And two, the left foot, I don't know if it was a toe injury on his left foot that caused him to retire, but there's extra tape on that shoe. Yeah, that, uh, that's a, a great artifact, and uh, he donated that. Uh, I'd have to look at our database and the provenance on that, but I believe it came in after he was enshrined. Uh, we always uh, communicate to our Hall of Famers about how we share their story and preserve their legacy, and, and so that was something I believe that came in uh, you know, after he was announced or selected uh, to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, but it's an incredible story because you, you don't think of a linebacker. Well, first of all, you don't think of a toe injury as being that significant. But when you're uh, playing any sport, but particularly football and linebacker, you know, you're know you using your feet and, and that toe to push off on everything that you do. And um, so that was a shoe he wore in 83. He had a bout of turf toe. A lot of people think turf toe, that's nothing big, but it's actually a, a really painful injury. And it actually, you know, something that he couldn't get over and, and get his, his toe to heal properly, ultimately kind of pushing him into retirement uh, after the 84 season. So, mm. John, I'm from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. You might have heard of somebody that came from there. Mm. We watched a little video back there. It's just sensational. How did it come about that Joe, Nar- Joe Namath, narrated that felt like he was there it with the hologram like it, it felt like he was there absolutely and, and he does such a great job for us such a, a good friend of the hall of fame and uh a few years ago when a game for life theater was developed um you know it was funny we would we would sit in and talk about you know we, we want to represent all of our hall of famers uh, as best as we can throughout the museum and, and we have a lot of square footage here it's probably about a hundred and 10,000 square feet of exhibit space within our museum. And uh, so a few years ago, we were talking about who was kind of underrepresented. And Joe Namath was one of these guys that um, was surprisingly underrepresented Mm. in our exhibits. And um, then we had a temporary exhibit that was a a football card collection. And Joe Namath's rookie card is the Topps tall boy um, was uh, one of the featured cards in that collection and and joe namath uh you know was represented pretty well within that exhibit and then we did the uh the holographic theater and joe signed on to kind of be the narrator in the hologram and uh so now all of a sudden joe is one of the more represented hall of famers uh but he's just been great to work with and loves the hall of fame uh, so when he comes back, uh, I mean, you should see him interact with the fans. I mean, oh. you bring Joe Namath in here, he walks around, and uh, he's hugging on fans and, and you know, just you know, a huge smile on his face. I'm biased, I know, but uh, there's nobody that brought more fame to the NFL than Joe Namath from Super Bowl three, And he did the I guarantee it yeah. in there. I mean, no one has brought more fame to the league. I, I have a great story uh, about Joe, too, and, and it's, it, it actually um, – is a story about John Madden as well. And uh, I, I got to build a, a relationship with Coach Madden before he passed away. And uh, he and I would talk on a weekly basis. Um, and we set up what we called the, the Guardians of the Game conference calls. And we would get uh, uh, some of our more senior Hall of Famers to join a conference call once a month. And he and I would build historical topics that we would discuss with this group. And I would kind of set them up and, and, and then just let them, you know, kind of have that locker room chatter and and they would laugh and we would send them lunch and we would record these. And, uh, 
we started to, to branch off and do some one-on-ones or, or two-on-one conversations. So Coach Madden and I would call, you know, Raymond Barry or Joe Namath in this instance. And one of the great things that came out of that, and trust me, I was just a fly on the wall in, in the conversation between Coach Madden and Joe Namath. Uh, and to hear Coach, he, he tells Joe, um, you know, Lamar Hunt founded – the American Football League, but you, Joe Namath, you made the American Football League. And when I was offered a position with the Oakland Raiders, I was concerned about, you know, am I, you know, my goal is to be an NFL coach. And am I taking a step back if I join the American Football League as a coach? And he said, but when I saw Joe Namath sign with the American Football League, I said to myself, and this is Coach Madden, he says, you know, if, if the AFL is good enough for Joe Namath, <laughs> it's good enough <laughs> for John great. Madden. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that conversation and uh, just incredible. Great story. John, we were told by another gentleman today that the Troy Polamalu bust is the heaviest one in the Hall of Fame because of the hair. I thought he was joking. He was serious. Uh how long does it take generally to to create one of these busts? Well, Blair Buswell is our sculptor, and they come out of his fact uh, his foundry in in Utah, and um, you know really it starts the uh, Saturday before the Super Bowl. You know we meet with our new class. We we make that announcement on Thursday of NFL honors, and uh, or at NFL honors. And, and then Saturday before the Super Bowl, we meet with the new class, and we start taking all their measurements for their Hall of Fame gold jacket uh, by Hager and by, uh, you know, they, they get measured for their ring from, from uh, the K Jeweler Ring of Excellence. And then uh, Blair and I sit down with them, and, and Blair, he has his calipers, and he starts measuring <laughs> their, their facial structure for their, for their bronze bust. And then we don't receive the bust until... 10 days before enshrinement in August. So literally that whole time is, is what it takes, you know, from Feb, uh, early February to late July, early August. Uh, that That's, you know, the process of, of creating that bust. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, a, a pretty incredible process. You know, in between there, uh, the Hall of Famers will fly out to Utah or Blair will fly out to them to kind of do the, the last you know, bits of cleaning up that, that uh, mold before they, they go into casting it. John, I, I, I just want to get but real quickly one back to John Madden. I almost feel sacrilegious to mention his name here among these guys. He never got over the Franco catch, did he? Did no. you ever talk to him about that? Well, I, I did have some, some general conversations, and, and you know, he, from, from my perspective of, of talking to him about it, you know, it wasn't so much about, you know, whether he, whether the ball hit the ground, whether it didn't, <laughs> whether it, you know, ricocheted. Um, it, it was more about the officials and how long it took them to actually determine what had happened. And I, I think Coach, w- you know, just kept saying, call what you saw. If you saw it, you know, call it. If right. not, then let's move on. And, and, and I think that was, you know, one of his biggest frustrations. But, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, I, I won't say that, that I had the conversation that he ever got over it, but, but I think he had, you know, you know come, to, come to grips that it happened and it wasn't going to change, and, and so he, he had moved forward. But, but uh, John, we appreciate the yes, time. We do. This was fantastic. John Kendall, 
VP of Archives and Exhibits here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. More and more Steeler fans now uh, attending today, rolling through today. Have you gotten a, a big response here? Everybody I've talked to today is just blown away by it. We, we have. And, and last weekend, you know, the weather was uh, a bit against us, you know, cold weather, icy weather. And so, so that had uh, a little bit to do with it. But today this is, this is great to see everybody uh, at the Hall of Fame enjoying it. Um, you know, this is the first time that we've ever taken the Hall of Fame busts out of the Hall of Fame gallery and and put them all together wow. by team, you know. And so this is something we want to continue to do for, for all the different clubs. But, you know, th- it's it's quite the scene to, to look over and see those, you know, 27 Steelers, you know, cast in bronze uh, all together. Who has the team. most, the Bears, Packers? The, the, the Bears do, yeah. They're, they're number one, and I think it's 32. Okay. Uh, somewhere somewhere wow. close to that. Yeah. I figured the Packers might be pretty high, too. Yeah, thir- 30 for the Bears, 28 for the Packers. Um, and, and those are those are primary members of the, of the club. So, Thank you, John. Oh, my pleasure. We Thank really appreciate it. The exhibit is called Legacy Forged in Black and Gold, and it is truly something to see. And it was an easy drive Ron and I made down here together today. So you should come check it out in the weeks ahead. Thanks again, John. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Good luck with this. It's beautiful. Appreciate it. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Coming up, Jeff Hathorne. Talk about Steelers, Penguins, title games, everything with him. Uh, Amazing stuff there, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah, that was great. Just great. Our intrepid reporter, Jeff Hathorne, Next, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. SunChevy.com. High of 60, rain and possible snow this weekend. Uh, the high of 60, that was for today. It's Cookin' Joe. This is Sean Myers with your fan headlines. The Penguins welcome the Florida Panthers to, na- to town. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.